We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Darius and Mike. And yesterday was the first day of training camp. Very excited to have basketball back and could hear all the sounds of the shoes uh, squeaking on the floor. And I tried to get my, you know, flyby looks at it. I showed uh, Darius the picture of my perspective from up top, but I could just barely, they're just barely out of sight, but uh, certainly picked up on on a lot and the the sounds of the gym and um Darwin's use of the clock and how he uses that to kind of shape his practices just kind of getting these little itty bitty tidbits of what we're uh looking forward to in this season but they started with a session in the film room and i believe it was david mcmenamin who asked how do you watch film on a team that you actually don't have any film of uh and darbin mentioned that like i don't want to show bucks tape because i'm a laker now and so what i would say mike the impression that i got was that yesterday was kind of you know the first day of a class where the professor will give out the syllabus and this is what to expect these are kind of my these are my non-negotiables which was a phrase that really stood out to me uh, i it was i think that's a great place to start and i'd love to hear your perspective on that mike from talking to all the guys in the media availability on just that opening session in the film room where they're kind of setting expectations for the year yeah this is something that is basically like a presentation from the head coach who's been thinking about it all summer and how do I reach these guys? How do I bring everybody together on the same page? And it's the first time that Darvin has done it. So he's probably putting more thought into it than, you know, Greg Popovich as he comes back <laughs> and the, the message and the way that they're going to do things is, is either understood or you better get on board and then he'll try to find another way to get to the team. And Darvin does like to use buzzwords at times. Like back in June, he told me that, our three mantra words are going to be competitiveness, togetherness, and accountability. And then yesterday at the media session, he had like six or seven other words. And some of them, in fact, the alliteration was great on some of them. And some yep. of them all started with the same letter, right? And, and so he's, Yeah, the defense was like contain, control, contest, I think, yeah, something like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Stuff like that. And, and you mentioned that he didn't want to show a bunch of films. So what he did 
he he had um, Drew Anthrop, who's a great uh, does a great job with the video coordination and uh, putting together a lot of the a lot of the film work. He had him he had him basically put together slides uh, that included some analytics from last season and sort of what they did, what they didn't do. Then I think some comparisons to the league, some some aspirational type of statistics and went through the slides like that while presenting in this way. And and so I think that's that was essentially how we started camp and started practice. And, and then they get out on the floor and start to go through some of those things. And that's where you see Darwin's rectangles and squares. And part of that he got from working with Coach Bud. And they're above the break and in the corners and then on the baseline. And so all of this, all of this stuff is kind of, you know, just trying to get them off on the right foot. And it did sound, Darius, from not just what he was saying, but Toscano Anderson talked and Kendrick Nunn talked and Westbrook talked. I've never been to a first day practice where everyone's like, oh, that sucked. So you always have to take it for with a bit of a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's always like, oh, the energy was really good. It went great. We got some stuff done. And they said the same stuff last year. So you have to then parse and you have to kind of feel if it was a little different. And that's the part that, you know, you have to have some more conversations with people about. But I do genuinely think that it was a good first day and that that right now the boats, uh, everybody's the oars are rowing in the same way um, on the boat as they're as they're trying to get on board with what Darwin is teaching. Well, Mike, I thought Nunn's comments around the vibe being different from last year, like I do sort of take that at face value. And I think that there's a lot that goes into that, right? Like the makeup of the team and young players versus old players and veterans and a bunch of other stuff. And I stuff. think it's true. I just last year, the day after the first day, you just didn't hear anybody say otherwise, right? So it's so it's informative for him to say that now, I guess. Correct. But yeah, but last year, the same, sure. same type of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, it's just like when you were saying what, what you were saying, Mike, it made me think of how... Um, Every like news report that we get about an NBA player or any professional sports player in general, right, about a surgery like, oh, so and so had a successful knee surgery yesterday. It's just like, yeah, it was successful because he came back with his knee, <laughs> I guess. Sure. Like, like we don't know how successful it's actually going to be until like, is he meeting his timelines and what's his rehab look like? And is there still pain? Right. Lonzo exactly, Ball had exactly. a successful. I was going to yeah. say, sadly, that was Lonzo yeah. Ball's last surgery was apparently <laughs> successful and, until it wasn't. Yeah. And Robert Williams as well. Right. He had a successful knee surgery right before the playoffs started. He played through it. And then now he's having another surgery and it's sort of just like, yeah, well, we'll get him next time. But I will say that the guy I want to key in on here a little bit and I want to kick this here to you, Pete, is is Russell Westbrook. Like Russ was one of the only he was one of the three quote unquote stars right, to speak to the media yesterday after practice. Um, LeBron did not speak. Anthony Davis did, did not speak. But Russell Westbrook did. And Russ was, and maybe this is more like how I remember it because of how last season went and towards the end of last season, sort of just the vibes and the vibe around Russ in general and what our general sort of perception of him is. But he seemed spirited in a good way he mm -hmm. seemed like he was ready to get after it and that the buy-in i will say seems where you'd want it to be for any player right um forget the fact a player that has openly been on the trade market and yada 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 right i don't want to go too far down that road but i do think that it's important and uh, and this is both for you and mike pete but it is important that they get off on the right foot. It is important that the vibes are good and that the vibes are strong. Like, 
I was watching tape of DeAndre Ayton talk mm. yesterday again, and it's just like, those look like proof of life videos. <laughs> like, I mean, we laugh, but it's just like, okay, bro, like, we get it. The vibe that you're giving off is like, when does my trade restriction lift? Oh, it lifts in January, whatever. Can't get mm. here fast enough for DeAndre Ayton is, is the vibe that's being given off, whether that's intentional or not. And so it is important for a team like the Lakers who sees the mountain in front of them and, and has lofty goals, but externally, the expectations are very low for this team. And, and I think that idea of where they're trying to go, they're only going to get there together. Amen. And we talked about that belief the other day. So I just wanted to kick it to you on just that general idea around Russ, because I think that he is symbolic in his own way around this idea of like, where are we going and what's the buy-in like? And very early, I think Ham has these guys as most new coaches mm -hmm. will, but like, I'm interested to see where yeah, that Yeah, we can't see what the future looks like in that respect. And early training camp is the most optimistic, right? It is the time of reworked jump shots over the summer and 15 pounds of muscle and all of this good energy. That's what happens most of the time, which is why the Phoenix uh, situation and there were a couple other places around the league where it's like, damn, like and, and even we talked about our media day being a little bit subdued, but it certainly wasn't that right. And I think that I think what ours is, is like at that point, what are we going to say? Right. Like what is Russ going to say about last year? And again, like half the press conference on media day, half of the questions were about, well, last year it was this way and it didn't work well at all. Yada, yada. Right. And so. Russ, one of the things he mentioned was the energy of a new coach. And uh, Kyle Goon asked him about the, uh, you know, how you feel about the transition principles and the emphasis on running. That's what Darvin said they worked on yesterday and has been really something he's been preaching since day one is our defense. That's really what we focused on uh, in, in the first practice, but then our running principles. And so Kyle asked, like, how do you feel about that? And Russ was beaming and, you know, he was really excited about it. And that could definitely go another way. And that could also be temporary, Mike. That's not something that those good vibes might not necessarily stay, but they also weren't guaranteed on day one. And so that idea of we're going to give this a shot in good faith and and try to uh, apply what Darwin is is teaching us. I also think there's a certain degree of clarity that was communicated. Uh, JTA talked about this, about like how they communicated, these are our expectations. This is what we expect us to do. And so all of that, like from the player's standpoint is like, okay, I know what's expected of me. I know what you want me to do. And it, from Russ's standpoint, this is more geared toward what I do, the running and, and all of that. And so Again, it's not the ideal circumstances. There's no way to get that on this current roster. But considering the circumstances, I think that we're off to a good start. Darius mentioned the uh, hostage video. And that was one training <laughs> camp where apparently things were really poor in terms of energy and vibe. I heard various reports about Boston's media day as being difficult for understandable reasons. Of course. And yeah. And then you hear about, you know, Brooklyn's and KD and Kyrie going through everything there. So for the Lakers to not even be in the top three of the most difficult <laughs> media days with what was with the realities of the offseason, it's interesting. But the way I think about all this stuff is there are levels to to this to start a season. And the vibes that we're talking about that were pretty good on day one, they need to be cemented as the next days come. And yeah. so basically training camp, like the, the proof of concept of what Darvin's showing in the film room, then that goes onto the court. And then 
everybody feels like, oh, okay, yeah, I can see how this works. Oh, man, wow, LeBron looks great. Okay, AD's in good shape. And, you know, Russ seems to be bought in and that stuff. Oh, Kendrick Nunn's healthy. And you start to pull the positives. And then you have your a five-on-five scrimmage. And if the starters play really well and they kind of kick the ass of the second team, and then you get on to eventually to the first preseason game. And if those things yeah. don't translate at all, even just to that game, that's why it does matter. It's not the result. It's that the team has to go out there and mm-hmm. not get their ass kicked by the starting five of whoever they're playing in the first. Because if, if they do, then all of a sudden you start the finger pointing internally, even not necessarily like to us about, well, hold on. Why we've been talking about how this is going to work great. And then it didn't. So to, to finish my soliloquy here, Boston, I think, is going to be fine because they have so much talent that all of the stuff that's happening now, once they get on the court in preseason, it's going to be like, oh, we've got a bunch of really good switchable players. We've got go-to scores. You know, Brooklyn, that's a little bit more of a we'll see, but they may end up being fine because of all the talent. Phoenix, that type of attitude and energy, that with Aiden Mm -hmm. and with Crowder not being there, like that to me is less likely to just be fine, right? Because of what they experienced last year. So, all of these things going on at once. It, my point with the Lakers is that this week is important, but then what they put on, what they actually put on the court when it matters, um, is going to have increasing and exponential importance once the other teams start coming in. There's no doubt, but what they do end up put on the court, putting on the court, is going to be based on what they do on every today from yesterday all the way through that first preseason game. These are all different checkpoints, right? And so that's part of my argument D of like today matters and that you can get, you can look good in that preseason game in part as a function of the work that you do in that first week of training camp. Yeah. So you guys know that I go run and I try to run like mm-hmm. every morning as much as I can. And the app I listen to, like at the end, it'll tell you like, Oh, you know, while everyone else is on the couch, like you got up and did your thing. And <laughs> right, you. there's like seven or eight little things that they'll tell you, right. In order to keep yeah. you motivated, like, like at the end. Right. And one of the ones that they use is this idea of like, good job on your run or whatever. And like what you did today, you put that in the bank. For the next yeah. day. That's a key idea that both that you and that both of you guys just brought brought up, right? It's it's like this does need to build on on itself. And and you do need to start to stack these things in a positive way. One of the things that I think back and I'm and I'm gonna go back to to Russ here is in his in his exit interview last season, he sort of revealed this idea that like he got off on the wrong foot with Frank very early in Mm -hmm. their process. And that wasn't something that he had spoken on really at any point during the season. And it was this implication and like, it was this implication that, well, I don't know where it all went wrong, but I remember I did this for him and I didn't really get that feedback. It was an interesting thought to me. That's just like, well, was this dude carrying this all year? Was this a thing that impacted him all season? And maybe it did. And maybe it didn't. Right. But if you if you wrong foot things very early in the process, it is very difficult to course correct as you continue to go down that Mm -hmm. that path. We talked a lot about that last season in terms of like, okay, well, we want our rotation to be a certain way, but our big guys are all hurt. So let's start DeAndre Jordan. And we were kind of like, well. Like you're sort of wrong footing things here. Like, like it might be better to lean into this other thing that is probably going to be better. And back to this season, this is why I'm very interested in 
how meaningful, how real is this, the vibes, first of all, and and if the vibes vibes are real, how do you come back the next day and replicate that to put a little bit more in the bank, to put a little bit more in the bank? Because Mike is right. And you've said this before, Pete, the stink from last season doesn't get erased because you had good vibes <laughs> right. on day one. You don't get that stink off of you until you start to show that the gains that you've made in this initial start startup period are actually real because it can be a house of cards. Like, oh, I remember, I remember when Dwight Howard in his first stint with with the Lakers and he had come off back surgery and he was supposed to not start the season until December. But meanwhile, the reports out, out of training camp and Mike, you were there. The report out, out of training camp was, well, Dwight's kicking everyone's ass. Like he looks great, but the dudes who he was beaten up on weren't really NBA players, <laughs> right? In terms of like yeah. the big dudes, right? And so that idea of all of these good vibes can go away if if they go out there and play another good NBA team and that good NBA team is just like, oh yeah, you know what? We're a good NBA team. You guys have lots of room to go to get to us. And that's where it's like, they need to build confidence in themselves now because that's super important and they need to build some of that belief now, but that belief better be reinforced when they start to see other teams. Mm -hmm. Right. And, but it's just like one step at a time. Right. And you can only control what you can control and the vibe out of day one and it's day one. And so I'm interested to see what day two and day three and day four looks like. But the vibe out of day one makes it feel like they did not wrong foot things. And that is one positive step in the right direction and hopefully a little bit of change that they just put in the bank. Yeah. So we're talking about two different things. And Coach P is is doing the it's all about today mantra, which is absolutely true, which is Darwin's message, which is how they should be thinking. But then we, as as the discussion point on this podcast, are trying to think where is that going to lead to? And again, it's not that yeah. they're it's not that they're directly conflicting. But I'm just I'm saying that things could certainly be worse, right? Based on what the fit is, all of the issues that we've discussed the size, the lack of size on the wings, trying to integrate Russ again with LeBron and AD, all of that stuff that could be an issue once the season starts and other teams are scouting for it. Uh, but the way that their approach, the way that Darwin, I think, and then with the support of LeBron and company are approaching things, um, gives them the best chance to mitigate some of those circumstances. It's just that it it doesn't matter how good those vibes are um, if they're not able to execute the basketball parts of it as the season goes on. And that's where the whole do you make a roster move at some point comes into play. And, and these, these are the things that I'm battling against in my head uh, as I'm, as I'm sort of doing the day to day approach and, and, and sort of what they're trying to accomplish so that they can be the best version of the team that they have right now to start the season. Yeah. There are multiple things that are always true and, and multiple forces kind of fighting itself. You always say, Mike, that I, I look at the game kind of through a coach's perspective. And I think that we can all look at it through a GM's perspective oftentimes too. And I totally get the perspective of looking at this roster and being like, well, that's not a championship team because it's not. It's also, there are steps that can be taken between now and then that 
can get to that point. And I feel like our job and the from the coach's perspective is to get to the point where we're a trade away from being a legit contender. And I do think that we can do that. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk more about this idea of having something in the bank, for, uh, because I think it's really important for a new team. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So you guys brought up Boston, San Antonio as places for different reasons that have enough continuity that continuity is something that I think is one of the strongest things that you can have in the bank. And we really only have that with LeBron and AD. One of the themes of the comments from really both the exit interviews and then media day were this idea of we didn't get many reps with Russ. And so it's just kind of an incomplete. So there's not even really continuity there. And there are so many new players in the mix that I think that I want to, I'm really excited about the synergy between the coaching philosophies and the roster this year. And that was one of my big frustrations about last year. And one of the things is this, you didn't think that lined up last year? Pete? <laughs> I know that shocks you, Mike. I know you, I, I, I you must've been close to strangling what? me at there multiple points of last that? year. Like, Pete didn't say that on the pod last year. Maybe uh. once, maybe twice, <laughs> like a couple of times, maybe in passing, we record so infrequently. <laughs> you guys, poor guys. That, that it's, it's just hard, like, it's yeah. hard to remember exactly what's said and, and, and what's that doesn't not, count right? the freaking paragraphs of detail over text. <laughs> Thank you for, War and Peace yes, text thanks. messages from Pete over So here. I was very frustrated with this last year, yes. And thank you guys for putting up with me. One of the things that I'm excited about with this year is that on both ends of the floor, at least the system that I think we're going to run and more and more evidence comes out of that there's going to be a lot of similarities with Milwaukee, although our talent's different. I want to talk about at some point like the difference between a Damian Jones type of five and a Thomas Bryant type of five, although he's a little more similar versus like a Brooke Lopez. But it's a very formulaic system on both ends of the court. And that's what I really want to kind of center the focus on is uh, 
On the offensive end, the four out type of style with all of the boxes and whatnot, it's based on, and this is the high school, this is the, this is the offense that I ran in high school was a four out drive and kick style of offense. And one of the things about it is wherever the ball is on the court, there is a read for every single player. That's fairly simple. It's either I stay here or I kick up a position. And if you drive to the basket, you're going to fill opposite corner or there are different rules for doing that. And Darwin was talking about kind of the positionless nature of it. But the point is it's very like, simple basketball on both ends of the floor, but is also pretty effective, right? Budenholzer's style in particular is effective in the regular season. His struggles have become come more aside from the championship year, of course, with adjusting, right? And kind of getting out of that system. And I'm curious what Darwin does with that. But I just want to throw that to you guys, that idea of when you lack so much continuity, I think that having something that's fairly simple and understandable schematically on both ends of the floor can kind of bridge some of that distance. So let's start with you, dude. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that when you've got this new group of people, kind of the the role that the systems have within establishing a certain level of continuity. Yeah, I think that's super important. I also think what's important is something that JTA mentioned, which was like, what's the sort of level of basketball intelligence of the players yeah. who are on the team, right? Because basketball even at its most basic level for guys like us who have played at the park or whatever, or some level of high school ball or whatever, is that there is a feel for the game. There is a know what play to make and know what play not to make sort sort of feel. And the simpleness of like kick up a spot or drive and replace and and where where you where you locate yourself on the floor and, and there's nice little boxes to sort of show you and align what the spacing principles are. And we're teaching running principles and principles, 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 because these are things that are supposed to guide us in our ability to get to the places where then our the simplicity of that then translates to well we know what we're doing in terms of how to play the game and what JTA was talking about some Mike was that idea of well what I was impressed with and I'm speaking from JTA's perspective here is that like well there's all these smart guys who have been doing this mm -hmm. a long time and they know what it is to go and do do that. And I think that's one of JTA's strengths as well is he is a field player and he is someone. And it's one of the reasons why I think that he did well in gold Golden State, particularly when they were more barren on the wing and there weren't guys who were stacked in front of him. Right. Is, is that he did figure out where his role was and he did watch a bunch of tape on how to fit in with with Steph and with Draymond and and all of this other stuff. And so in Braun and in AD and I think even with Russ and and with Pat Bev, I think there's a lot of that detail oriented nature with with these guys where I'm interested and where I, I have questions is, is that going to be the same in players five, six, seven, eight and nine? Right. Like, are they all going to have that same feel? Because where it all works is where and this is where Austin Reeves impressed me as well. Right. Is like he had a natural understanding of where to be, what play to make, like what pass to make with what hand, with all of this other stuff that is just like, OK, well, you get it. This is natural for you. And. The more guys that the Lakers have, that's how you build continuity as well, Pete. It's just like, how smart are you? What's your feel level like? And I wrote about yeah. this at Silver Screen and Roll earlier this season or earlier this offseason where it's just like, that's how you sort of build continuity where there isn't 
and neat as well. It's like these guys know how to play and you put them all on the floor together and they can do it. And that's what the Lakers did in the championship. It's almost like having fluency in the same language, even though you just met, you both speak a common language. So two things here. One, I want to get to pick up uh, hoops that Darius mentioned, and then also JTA expanding on that. But sometimes I'll be in a gym on the road and they'll have a court in there and I'll, I might shoot to the side or something. And typically I'm, I'm at this point trying to avoid a real injury, so I won't play, but I'll look over and 99% of the time, it's just junk basketball. Like somebody dribbles down and, and takes a Steph Curry three, other team goes back. Somebody wildly <laughs> drives into the paint, right? There's not a lot of guys aren't sort of coming together when they don't, Oh, who, who's got who it's just very scrappy, but every once in a while, you'll see you'll see you basically need two players okay you need one player with the ball and you need somebody else to just do something whether setting a screen or making a cut and so that's where the, the simple basketball but but just thinking a bit if you have a couple of guys and this is where I always think of LeBron James and then maybe that second guy is Alex Caruso right or and this is the, the context in which I asked JTA okay so you played with Steph he's a different player, obviously, in terms of style than LeBron, but they're both going to attract the attention of a defense in a certain way. And the way that he broke it down was that he said early with Steph, he was just in his way all the time because Steph is already anticipating that the double team is coming and he's looking for that next action. And so JTA would get lost because he would try to go over and then all he would end up doing is bringing his man over in Steph's area. So once it clicked for him, when he started to think about what that next movement should be, once the defense is going to react and he, that's what he translated over into what he's going to try to do with LeBron. And he knows that teams are going to load up on LeBron. They're going to double, they're going to triple They're They're going to clog the space. So where can he go? At at what angle, once his man goes over, can he get to the basket with a back cut? At, At what angle can you set a screen a certain way? So this is the part where basketball is both simple and if that's where Darwin's base is, Pete, that's where that can help you because you need a couple guys that can think past the simpleness of it and then bring a little bit of complexity by reading the defense. Just to stack on what, what Mike said there, that's what Coach Bud was talking about with the Bucks as well, is he said, we need to get more random mm-hmm. in some of the stuff that, that we're doing because we're almost too easy to guard now, right? And so we need guys to improvise off of what our principles are. And that's the next level of this that, that I think that you're talking and, about. And this is kind of the downside of being formulaic. Again, this is an important thing to understand on both the defensive end and the offensive end is that like it's very – like basketball by numbers. Okay. If the ball is here, you do this. If the ball is there, you do that. And you have to establish that first. It's almost, you know, there's those saying that basketball is like jazz and it's like, you need to know your scales before you can go off and, you know, play a, a, a natural note when it's supposed to be a sharp, uh, you know, when you can go off of the scale a little bit, you need that formal understanding underneath Mike of kind of the principles. And so that's what I, what they're establishing at this point. Well, and this has also been the unfair criticism of LeBron and LeBron teams and LeBron's offensive teams. And, well, they're not really running everything. They're just giving the ball to LeBron, and then he's mm-hmm. figuring it out. And it's like, well, yeah, that's the point because he knows he knows how to do that. And the system typically take out like Golden State with Steph. A system offense, and this, again, criticism of Bud before they got to the evolution of that and what Giannis was able to do, was that you can if you know what that other team is running, by game three in the playoff series, they're not running that anymore because you're just not letting them and you're countering it. And mm-hmm. that's when that's when you have to have those actual 
playmakers that can figure stuff out. And that's what LeBron has shown he can do time after time. That's true on the defensive end as well. I would argue that Grant Williams taking 17 threes is kind of the downside of being somewhat formulaic in that they ran a ton of drop coverages. They were often very big. And the whole philosophy is like, we're going to let you shoot open jumpers. Well, they have Boston had a few guys that can hit some pull up jumpers, Tatum especially. And so they had to send kind of more defensive assets toward you know, in other places. And and normally what you would do is switch or go into a kind of a different style, but they didn't really have that second pitch to go to. So these are, these to me are more like 201 type of questions and things to address D like that idea of what we can build off of our base set, where we, how we can switch things up, but that establishment of our primary principles. And the, I think that goes all the way back to the film session that Darvin had with the team to start things out is that we want to give up shots from here. This is, we want to protect the paint. That's something that Darvin's talked about a lot and is big with this style of defense. Uh, we want to get out and run. And so I think that, and I, I think that the fusion offensively between LeBron and this uh, style of play is going to be one of the storylines of this year is how do you fuse that just give the ball to LeBron offense which you should do right that that Mike's talking about with the way that this system works so establishing just kind of like a baseline for all of that I think is where we are now and then those other questions come down the line yeah and it's day one of camp so yes there's going to be a lot of learning there's going to be a lot of teaching I thought JTA's comments about how he was pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. um and satisfied with how day one went. It's because guys do seem to get it and getting it and then implementing that and then being able to translate that to actual five on five play, whether it's in, whether it's a scrimmage and then after a scrimmage then against another team, that's all super important. Right. And it goes to that idea of, of banking things away for you to be able to call on later. And that's what, Training camp is, right? And one of the reasons why I'm sort of looking at things that way is, is because it's going to be natural for us to continue to look at last season as sort of a baseline level because that stink is still sort of associated with this team, even if that team is not this team, right? And I think that's going to be true, Mike, as long as Russ is on the roster, that there's going to be callback to that because it's just sort of that muscle memory of being like, oh, well, these are the same dudes when actually it's not. But the ability then to say, okay, well, we are starting new and this is fresh and these are new principles and we are building new habits. That's important for a new group. And it's going to be important for, I think, LeBron and AD to be the leaders in this, but also for all of the other guys that Coach Ham discussed. Like he said, Russ did have a good day, that Pat Bev did did have a good, good day. I'll be interested to see how this dynamic potentially changes or shifts when Dennis Schroeder is in practice, because we talked about Walker and Troy Brown being limited, but... Dennis wasn't yeah, there at all. Yeah, he's got visa stuff. He's got to get that cleared up. And so, yeah. Yeah. So when Dennis is there, I'm very interested to see how that changes as well. And that's a topic I want to go into a little bit later and more. But these dynamics are shifting and they're malleable and progress is not always linear. And there's a lot of stuff here that I think a lot of variables that are in the mix that are going to impact that path. 
that this team travels. I think it's always prudent to discuss LeBron first in some context. And then, you know, this year I find myself thinking more about Anthony Davis. And we talked about him a little bit the other day. And, you know, AD, there's a chance that AD's comments, right, it is actual presser. He was kind of slow playing things and he just kind of was putting that a certain way. And then he's going to come out a little bit like you guys were talking because basically I heard that he was moving great and looked really good uh, in that in that session. And so I want to allow for some upside still um, as not that that's the one thing is going to sort of change (laughs) what you would like to hear. Right. As a Laker fan uh, from afar of this is the year I'm going to come in and dominate and try to try to be MVP. But so set the AD stuff aside for a second. Also heard that LeBron looked really fast. Now that was the, that was one of the words that was described that was used to describe Sweet. him. Like so, year twenty, he looks fast. New shoes, Mike. Yeah, the, the new, <laughs> shoes. new shoes. It's the new he shoes. He does look so. LeBron always looks huge in person, but he does look a little bit more sleek this year. And I thought Russ looked like he's lost some weight too. Like yeah, a little more sleek as well. Also yeah, also heard that yeah that that Russ had some pop although that you know that's never really been in in question either right with Russ but so I'm just the LeBron it gets back to the whole discussion with LeBron is the sustainment of that type of energy and the legs and getting through the season and how much is he going to play defense and we've talked in the group thread right about how much you're going to have LeBron need to defend certain wings and hopefully not until the last like four minutes of the fourth quarter right just to sort of save those miles and Darvish. So there's a lot going on with the team, but I'm still back to that point of, all right, well, how do LeBron and AD look, you know what? And just the fact that you have the, the try hard types around them, that is mm-hmm. not something that they had last year. It's just nope. not, it's not the type of guys that they had around them. And that recipe does not work. Right. But the, so I'm curious to see just getting back to that alone. Those two guys, and Pete, you've talked about this a lot, mm-hmm. those two guys, and then everybody else just trying to do all of the dirty work. And if you could get Russ to get closer to being that type of a guy, even if the shot's not going in, even, th- those are the types of things I think where, where, where you can talk yourselves into, um, into things. And, and yes, it still has to get proven on the court, but that's the recipe I think for the early in the season. Mike, there are like three different podcasts in your take right there, uh, and one of which I think will be tomorrow's. Let's put LeBron in the center of the frame tomorrow and kind of talk about his upcoming season within the context of all the other stuff we've been talking about. And we'll do that here. But until then, you've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tips to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. Magic fires, it's good, and the Lakers win the game! The Lakers win the game! Three seconds left, that next to the winner, it's on the way, good! Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds, with his eighth block shot that ties an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans sticking around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe, hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two. Let's go. Let's go. One. Listen. Bryant. Unbelievable. For the victory.
It's over. Shot clock out of five. Bryant. Yeah. And that was a little tough to Albert Gentry. Add insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.